five, six, seven, eight. Hey, stagey friends. We are here with our third episode in our Bad Out of Hell mini-series that we are bringing you specifically for the month of October, a little exclusive into chatting with the cast of the wonderful UK and Ireland touring production. This tour has been a long time in the making, and these guests, this interview has been a long time in the making. We were first talking about an interview with these two way back in March 2020 when it was announced that they were cast in the show and when they were about to take off on an international tour. Of course, COVID shut all of that down, unfortunately, but they are back on the road hitting the highway like a battering ram and they took time out of their very busy schedule to sit down and have a chat. So I am so thrilled to welcome the loveliest and most talented, our darling Stratton Raven on the UK and Ireland Bat Out of Hell tour, Glenn Adamson and Martha Kirby. Welcome to Breaking the Curtain, you two. We're excited to be here. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> this interview has been a long time coming. You're finally here on the podcast. The show's up and running, and you've taken the time to join us to tell us all about it. And I know I can speak for Chrissy and myself when I say how absolutely thrilled and honored we are to have you here. With all our guests, we always get you to introduce yourselves and let us know who you're playing in the show. I'm Glenn Adamson. I play Strat. Um, I'm Martha Kirby and I play Raven. Amazing. So Bad Out of Hell is one hell of a show. <laughs> Had either of you seen the production before signing on to the project? I hadn't seen it at all. So I'll pass over to Mr. Glenn, who did see it quite a few times. Yeah, I had seen it three times. Um, but I knew Simon Gordon, who had been the alternate strat. So that's the first like intro for me. I went to see Simon in it. Uh, I knew of the uh, it was first there. And I remember people kept saying to me, like, you need to go. It's your sort of thing. You would love it. Um, so I went to watch it and they were right. It was my sort of thing. I loved it. <laughs> so I went back and saw all the strats no, no, well not all the strats I saw Simon I saw Jordan when he took over and I saw Andrew uh so I got to see sort of three incarnations of it and thought I really want to be in that show where's Martha's sort of a virgin to it yeah I've never <laughs> seen it <laughs> so reading the script for the first time was like what is yeah. <laughs> it means you're like Raven is like so fresh like you've got no you don't carry anything with it. Oh, absolutely. And the thing with Bat is that it's such a big show. You know, you kind of walk out of the theater going, what did I just see? You loved it, but you're not sure. So you, you, I think that's why so many people go back and see the show more than once, because you don't want to miss anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it like hits you in the face, doesn't it? When you see it and you're like, whoa, Especially sort of the end of that one, I remember when that mic was coming towards me in the audience and thinking, oh my God, I'm going to get hit in the face. This is so <laughs> cool. Um, it really does just like get you. Oh my goodness. I'm so sorry. Please excuse me one minute. I'll be right back. I have a kitten on the counter. Oh, this is another sign I should have taken the kitten. Oh, this is another sign. Oh. <laughs> Did you see that like Sharon saved some kittens and then we all saved some kittens? So yeah. Sharon and Rob found some kittens on the side of the road and we were in the car behind them. We stopped to pick them up and we named really them, them and I want to keep them. Yeah, but I just don't think I can uh, have two kittens in my dressing room. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you could try, but uh, they're trouble. <laughs> 
Yeah, but I am so glad that you guys did that. They're gonna find great homes. Yeah, yeah they hopefully. are definitely. They're keeping the names Diddly and Squat. Diddly and Squat. <laughs> Diddly Squat. <laughs> Diddly and Squat. I am a big fan of cat names that match. All right, so back to Bat. There is so much to celebrate with uh, this touring production of Bat Out of Hell. You know, it's the first ever touring production of the show to be in the UK. It's also the UK debut of the show with the new changes. And, you know, it's the return of live theater in general after this crazy year and a half and a bit that we've had. We know that the two of you were actually all ready to head off to your first venue with this show when everything shut down in March 2020. And we wanted to ask, you know, what has it been like coming back to the show? And what was it like getting the news that you're actually going to go get to do this on stage? Oh, it was incredible but also very like um daunting because you think we haven't done anything in such a long time and now suddenly we got back into this craziness of a show and I think there was also a lot of fear that it wouldn't happen so then mm. when I was in I was like leave it when I'm in the rehearsal room then I got to the rehearsal room and I was like oh <laughs> it's happening we're here we're going ahead so it was like a mixture of excitement and Overwhelmed. Yeah. <laughs> I think for for me, when we first auditioned for it and got it, it was quite a quick turnaround between all the finals and then and rehearsals. Then yeah. I think we had about three, four weeks, um, so not not too long to like sit with it and think about it. Whereas having sort of eighteen months to think about it, you can really psych yourself out and build it up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and yeah. you're like, oh my god, like. I need to do this, I need to do, I had like so long to think about like, right, if I want to be able to do Crying Out Loud, I need to go for a run today, I need to do, like it was like 18 months of strike camp, I felt, yeah. um, and building it up, so then when it came to like the day before rehearsals, I slept for you know, like three hours, I just couldn't sleep, my heart was like in my stomach, going like, oh my god, it's finally here, like have you done everything you needed to do to be ready for it this time? Wow, yeah. I think you do need a little bit of boot camp to be able to do this show because it is incredibly intense. Um, you all make it look easy, but it's hard. How did it feel when you stepped on stage at the Manchester Opera House to present the show for the first time to a live audience? I think, like, for me, I knew how much the fans go for it and love it. So I, I wasn't so... I knew that they were going to all be there and it was going to be, like, so supportive and they were going to absolutely live their best life for, for that first show. And they were, like, from the minute you heard that... Um, when the kabuki goes and it goes... Oh, I remember yeah. everything! From the minute we got that, they just went crazy for it. I was really excited for Martha to sort of, like, having not seen it, to see what that was going to be like, like how much they were going to go. I mean, Sharon and Rob said to us, like, you have no idea what you're going to be hit <laughs> with the minute that, the minute they hear that first line, like, they're going to just be so supportive and you're going to suddenly feel this, like, love for the show hit you. And that is what it felt like, you know. Yeah, it was so exciting. It was just, there was so much adrenaline. But I kind of felt weirdly calm. Yeah, it did feel weirdly calm, didn't it? I don't know why, but I think it. I think that's because there was so much just excitement to do it. Yeah, like we true, hadn't yeah. been back in front of a big audience in such a long time. Rehearsal would have been full on. And I think um, Jay, who directs it, sort of creates this like 
atmosphere or world where you feel like anything could happen and it would be fine yeah like so you don't feel like you're like oh, what if I missed that little bit that he'd be like that was cool yeah. <laughs> I remember him like throwing he threw new lines into the frying pan seat in the wings just before we started he was like he wrote them down and I looked at it and thought I kind of know that right okay and then thought oh no I've left the piece of paper in the dressing room and went on and just like half half got the, this line right and half made it up and he just you know he's just like great <laughs> go yeah. with that like so you feel sort of like this sense of freedom with the show that he creates which means that you're not like terrified that you might miss mm. you know that entrance or something mm. the cast is so supportive and mm. I think everyone was just really hyper and like ready to ready to go and do it so it was so exciting it was really exciting. I know you mentioned you've had some time to sit with Stratton Raven over the pause with the pandemic, but what's it like coming back to these roles after that pause and coming into roles that are beloved characters in a new production and then with bringing yourselves to them as well? What's that process been like? I feel like it's been such a creative experience and such a free space to bring whatever you would like to bring to the character is an amazing opportunity. So to just go through and find traits of Raven and um, how she interacts with people and how she changes throughout the show of being this like young, naive, inquisitive girl who wants to know all these things and just feels so limited by her surroundings to then when she f then experiences life so quickly and so like frivolously to losing she thinks she's lost the love of her life and then so it's a big old arc that she goes on in like 0.2 seconds and to find that journey and the growth in Raven from start to finish has just been so exciting to do and to work with Sharon and Rob who have such like intelligent views on their characters and see how I would fit in with with their world and stuff and the encounters with Strat working with Glenn it's just you've kind of found this version of what this character portrays which has been yeah a very gratifying opportunity Good words. Thank That's you. Uh, I think, yeah, I echo everything Marth said. And then, um, I th well, I remember speaking to you guys. We did an interview like way back before before the pandemic, mm. say a written one, and saying like how overwhelming it was at first because people love these characters, like they mean so much to people. Mm. Um, and so when we first it can be quite intimidating at first you know when we had especially when you had 18 months to build it up that like will we do it justice you know people have built into their head what they thought Stratton Raven were and um and it's that thing where you're like you know it's going to be different there's going to be change like with us doing it naturally we'll bring our own version of it to the table so I found that at the time like I was I was really like worried about it and now we're doing it and everything's settled and we can get out of our heads about those sorts of things and like it's just night after night it feels like it's like playing a game with your best mate on stage like mm -hmm. the Stratton Raven thing like every night it feels so different and for me that's so exciting because I never thought in a musical that that was possible that it wouldn't have to be like oh you have to do it the same every night whereas it does feel like some days I'll be like 
wow, that was so different to how we did it yesterday. Preferred it yesterday or whatever. (laughs) But it just feels like we're actually just like living with each other and responding to each other the whole time, if that makes sense. Yeah, you know, that is so true. And I think your audience, they feel it and they thrive on it. You know, we have a bunch of friends in the UK who have been to see the tour multiple times already. And, uh, you know, they think you guys are absolutely brilliant and have passed on nothing but rave reviews about uh, the two of you and the entire production, actually. So if the two of you are having fun, I can confirm that they are definitely having just as much fun. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's good. That's Everyone's good. been so lovely and it's just such a nice community mm. to be a part of, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The fan base for Bat is such an interesting group of people. I mean, you have Jim Steinman fans, you have Meatloaf fans, you have people who just love musical theater. But overall, they're just such an intensely supportive group. So we wanted to ask, you know, what's it been like, you know, now that the show is up and running, you know, interacting with the fans and the audience and that sort of thing? I think... As time goes on, there's hopefully more opportunity for it because at, at the moment we still have to be so cautious with what mm. we're doing. So stage door um, isn't allowed. So even without stage door being a thing has been just mm. lovely. Hasn't yeah, it? yeah, like, yeah. They, just the, the support effort. after night and you start to like see people. It can be quite nice to be like there's a friendly face. That, door. that front row is like sort after by the fans mm-hmm. and so from the minute I run off the revs and I'm on the rock or I'm like singing in their faces <laughs> I'll go like oh it's okay there it is. They, <laughs> and I know that they, I know that they they like what I do so <laughs> no one else does I'll do it to you but like at the end of bat when you're down like sometimes people are so close and you see the same the same people like and you go like oh I can just pretend for a minute that there isn't 2,000 people out there I'll just do it for you like, and that's do you know what I mean that's that is how it feels though sometimes when you're like on that overwhelm or like some of them we'd done a, a concert before where we'd gone on and done crying out loud um and people had come to see that and we'd met some of the bat fans after that and so on that opening show when you're like terrified and overwhelmed some of those you would see at the front in that first moment and I'd be like okay just forget about everyone forget about the fact that like every producer is is just <laughs> do it for them because they know that they already have come and seen you and they yeah, like you. So, yeah it's just like so supportive um and I love that about the show and I think that is like what I wish every show had that actually because as actors you can be so insecure and having that sort of like stable fan base that lifts you up is like what you what you need rather than some of the shows like some of the big shows that are tourist shows that have been on fridge they don't have that anymore um shows that have gone for like 50 years so people aren't always there reacting to that they're tourist shows and they don't you don't always get that whereas like we feel like we're being lifted up all the time or like there's always someone in there that's seen it three or four times i've yet to come out of stage so and not see someone that's like <laughs> uh, you know would cast themselves as a fan of the show and that's that's amazing we do if we just do it for them absolutely and uh if chrissy were here i would definitely throw her under the bus so i'm gonna do it anyway but she has seen the show 20 times <laughs> yeah. i also have a surprising amount of seven but you know it is such a fun show to go to because of that audience familiarity within like 
the audience itself as well. It really is unlike anything else in the sense that it's a show that people see over and over and over again. And you actually did mention the end of Bat at that end of Act 1, which actually leads us into our next question. This is something that Chrissy and I have always kind of wondered about. Alright, so Glenn, at the end of Act 1, we know that you are covered in glitter, you are covered in confetti, you are covered in stage blood. And you have to go off, get cleaned up, and you also have to get a scar put on. Spoiler alert! And we were just kind of wondering, how long does it take? Oh, do you know what, as well, when it was at the Dominion, you had the pig, which meant that there was more time to do the heart and the cleaning. Oh, is that a spoiler? It'd be like, we start with Heaven Can Wait. Is that a lot? Well, you've said it now, haven't you? People know that, <laughs> though, don't they? I <laughs> uh, So because of that, we have a lot less time to get ready. Um, we've like got it down to a sensible time and regime now. It's like a fine, fine art. But when we first were doing it in tech, it'd be like four people would turn up to my room put me in the shower and everyone would be there with like different wipes and washes and I'd just be there in my <laughs> pants like God, this is this is a lot um whereas now we're we've sort of got it down to a fine art we know where the blood's gonna go and how to yeah but it is like you have it is I don't really get an interval in that sense yeah it's straight yeah. into change everything and I'm quite sweaty as well so I have to change everything at one point we were even changing the mic out because I would sweat yeah. those out so yeah managed to sort of refine it a bit now <laughs> and now everybody knows well they're out in the audience enjoying their intermission getting their glass of wine or actually i don't i don't know can can they do that now but uh you know they're they're relaxing chatting and you're backstage running around <laughs> it's quite a chaotic sight i'll tell yeah. you that <laughs> Honestly, the dressing room by the end of uh, the dressing room by the end of the show, the floor does look like a massacre. Yeah, you do find the confetti everywhere. <laughs> you find the bits of confetti absolutely everywhere in yeah. the socks, in the shoes. You just come out in and you're mouth. like in your mouth. Midsummer. There was a whole so in um, making love. I throw glitter up in the air, and as I threw it up in the air, it went in my mouth. So then through the whole song, I was trying to move this piece of glitter around my mouth so I could sing. <laughs> and Glenn could see it just like moving position. Appearing every now and then, this little silver square. Oh my oh, God. Dear. So it does get quite literally everywhere. Mm. It really does. And you know, I've made this joke before on the podcast, but if you're sitting front row at bat, you know, it, your front row seat could come with one of those little like rain poncho things. <laughs> Because, you know, it's kind of a splash zone. There's confetti, there's stage blood. I've actually been hit by stage blood during my time in the audience at BAT. Of course, it was the one time I wore white to see the show. <laughs> so lesson learned, don't wear white to BAT out of hell. <laughs> but no, it's immersive. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was really cool when we first opened straight after I'd hit with the blood to go boom, straight like that out the front. <laughs> I hit everyone. Everyone got hit with blood that first show. I quickly got told not to do that because you can't afford the dry cleaning. Yeah, so everybody bring like a raincoat or a little bib thing. And yeah, if people wear a top that says like I don't mind being hit with blood, I'll get them. I'll be able to see that. Flash <laughs> zone. All right, so Martha, this is a very important question. This is probably Chrissy's most important question on this list. <laughs> So Raven has some of the most amazing costumes in the show. They're some of my favorite costumes. They're some of Chrissy's favorite costumes. 
And we'd like to know what you get to wear on stage as Raven, what your favorite is. Ooh, I think the party back party dress um, that she wears in the birthday scene. And it's sad because you're not. Oh, I didn't expect you to say that, you know. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that or the little, or the little pink pajamary thing. Mm. That's cute. But <laughs> I feel most badass in a black dress for sure. For sure, I'd wear it. I'd wear it out. I actually looked at a dress for press night, and I thought I can't buy that because it looks to the costume. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't go wrong with a black dress. No, you can't. Definitely that one with, with the docs with the Doc Martin boots. Hundred mm. percent. Yeah. Speaking of Doc Martens, I think you both wear them for the majority, if not all, of the show. What's it been like getting your footing in those? Mm, well, oh. Martha's never out of them in real life. Well, really, no, I, I I wear docks in real life, so it's just like putting your slippers off. Well, you do break them in because they they do the blisters are the blisters are real, but um yeah, they're my comfy shoes really. Mm. I love them. You know, this show has some really memorable dialogue, some absolutely incredible lyrics, and we would like to know: Do you have a favorite line and or lyric in the show? Oh. My favorite like lyric is um we hold it down with holy water if i get too hot <laughs> my favorite one and i think my favorite line i don't actually think is scripted which is when joelle goes come on guys get your ass yeah. up <laughs> at the end of rev she like run off stage she's like get your asses up <laughs> I don't think it's actually scripted. I think she just added it in there, but it's my favourite one. Yeah. <laughs> Sex and drugs and rock and roll is my favourite. Yeah. Um, because we're, uh, we're doing an interview. We're just doing an interview. <laughs> <laughs> That's Rory, the dance captain, crushing that. <laughs> oh, hi, Rory. <laughs> <laughs> Sex and drugs and rock and roll because I'm always drums. singing. Oh, is it's it's sex and drums. Oh, I hear sex and drums. I know, but it's not drugs. Oh, I hear sex and drugs and sausage roll. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> sex and drums. And rock and roll. Right, say it again. Say what your favourite line is. My favourite line is sex and drums and rock and roll. Because what am I hearing, Martha? No, I can't tell you what you're saying. Sex and drugs and sausage rolls. Sausage rolls. Those are really good ones. And you know, they actually have shirts like that somewhere. Yeah, they do. The Breakfast Club, that's like their logo, isn't it? Oh, that's Yeah, they have the thing that says like sex and drums and something like breakfast rolls or something. Oh, we should get one. You know, I think you should talk to Danielle Steers. She has something very similar to that. And, uh, She'd probably be able to help you out, point you in the right direction. I'm sure she sang that on her last show or something. I remember that being a thing. Yes, I think it was like the last matinee or something. They just threw a whole bunch of stuff in there because I remember hearing about that too. <laughs> oh my God, I love that. She's epic. She is epic. We love her here. All right, so you two are on a tour of the UK and Ireland with so many incredible venues and cities to visit. Is there a venue you're most excited to perform in? Uh, I'm most excited to go to Bristol because that's my hometown and I've not performed there ever <gasps> well yeah. no that's a lie when I was a kid when I was a kiddie I did but to go back now and do it with this show is just going to be mm. wicked yeah she's the leading girl um god there are so many cities that like I know will love 
will respond really well to this. Like Glasgow, I knew would go and amazing for this show. Like they love like their rock music. So people are absolutely up for it. Scotland in general will just be amazing. But like I know Sheffield will be humongous. They will love it. Newcastle will be like that. I just like cities that I know absolutely love their music and have like a huge music scene. Um, I'm excited for the way they're going to respond. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love those. And Liverpool, Liverpool is like my favourite place. Feels like my second home. That's where I train. So we've got ages to wait for Liverpool, but um, I can't wait for that. I'm going to be like a little kid and tour everyone around when they don't want to be. <laughs> <laughs> going on like Beatles oh that's amazing if you could play any other role in the show who would it be and why oh I'd be Zahara I'd be Zahara I would love that I just want to do that bit where she walks to bring you the pills and the apple (laughs) (laughs) I just I watch that from the side waiting to come on for the scene all the time and I just love that that is such a gift of a moment I just have a right time on that catwalk (laughs) probably Simone 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 what part of my body absolute belter I keep saying to Martha I hope in 20 years we can come back as Falcons (laughs) yeah we'll start a petition for it now and then (laughs) (laughs) I want Sharon and Rob to do it forever and ever because they they just need to they're the best yeah they're really amazing Mm -hmm. And we are reaching the end of our question list here. So as our second to last question, why should people come and see Bad Out of Hell the musical? Why wouldn't you? (laughs) (laughs) I just think it is, every person will like some aspect of it. Mm. It's a mass pleaser, like whether it's the music, whether it's the choreography, whether it's the scene work, whether it's costumes or the spectacle of it there is something that everyone will appreciate in this show and I think it's just such an escapism to watch the show I always say the same thing to this and at risk of sounding like sycophantic and I'm only saying it to be to seem like a nice person but it's genuinely true I think it's worth the price alone just to watch Martha's coming back to me now I would pay 75 to 100 pounds just to watch her do that and then I'd go home. So I don't think anyone would. Uh, you could I pay me 75 pounds every night. I'd pay you want. Very greedy, this girl. <laughs> <laughs> She's got expensive taste. Um, no, I think that. I think it's um, the whole thing's amazing, but I don't think there's a single person, regardless of whether this music's your, your taste or this show's your taste, I don't think there's anyone that exists on this planet that wouldn't enjoy watching that mm. in my opinion mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> you agree Martha? I agree. <laughs> <laughs> i'm very good <laughs> it really is a show with something for everyone and it's a total party which i say, think is something that everybody wants and needs to experience right now like martha said why wouldn't you want to go and escape into this rock and roll fantasy world you know, I'm jealous of people who have the opportunity to go. So if you're listening to this and you can go see it, why aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> one day, one day. One day. Oh, one day, yes. <laughs> I'm going to hit you with that blood. <laughs> okay, I'll get a shirt with like a big target painted on it. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> we'll make a game of it. But I know that Chrissy and I have plans. We'd like to get to the UK at some point. I'd love to see London. I've never been. And uh, the idea was to go over and see London and while we were over there, find a spot to come and see you guys. So hopefully that'll be able to happen soon. Fingers crossed. We'll have to keep us updated. Oh, we absolutely will. Okay, so we have arrived at our last question. How we've been enjoying wrapping up these interviews is with the final question. It's a fill in the blank and you have two options. You can either, you know, just Fill it in with the lyric that's in the show if you want to. Or you can actually answer the question. So here we go. Final question. Fill in the blank. I would do anything for love, but I won't do. Oh, God. Uh, we've answered that one a few times on stage. <laughs> when the mics have gone off. Um, How are you guys? None of it's suitable for a podcast. <laughs> You know, that does seem to be the common answer. Either it's not suitable for a podcast or laundry. Oh, oh what a day, but I won't do that. I would do anything for love, but I won't do Les Mis. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love musicals, but I couldn't be in that. I would love to be in Les Mis, so Les Mis people out there listening. Yeah, it's not my sort of show. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Love, I wouldn't, but I won't do. Oh, I don't know. My brain's gone blank. Hold on, I'm gonna get a good one. I won't do. Oh, fuck. I won't do Les Mis. It's just in my head. <laughs> I keep thinking. Go on. I keep, no, I keep thinking of really ones we just can't. Uh, I was thinking. No, I'm not close. <laughs> no, no, no. But I won't do. Oh, Martha, I can't like think of anything now. <coughs> but I won't do. It's going to be good. It's worth the wait. It's not going to be good. <laughs> it's not going to be good. What, what do I not like doing? You can ask that. <laughs> Don't like eating some meat. <laughs> but I won't <laughs> eat meat. Because I'm vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> what do you hate doing at home in life? Oh. But I won't do having to wait on a cold. <laughs> <laughs> but I won't do oh, the washing up. I hate all, but I just won't do washing up. <laughs> She's going with washing up. I'll go with washing up. I'll go with washing You'll think of one. If you think of something later, just message us um, and we will read it into our outro. Great, let's do that. I'll come back to you. Martha's had some time to think and her final answer is... So I've just left the theatre and thought of a good one, as I thought I would. Mine is, I would do anything for love, but I won't do for crying out loud after I've eaten a full meal. <laughs> That was amazing. Thank you so much, Glenna and Martha, for joining me today. That was just so much fun. We are so grateful that they took the time to join us for such a rockin' interview. I'm so sad I wasn't able to join in due to an emergency with Eleanor, but you absolutely killed it flying solo, and they are just the kindest people ever. 
Oh, thank you. I did my best to keep it rocking and not rambling. They're absolutely lovely, and it was so fun to be able to chat with them. But Chrissy, should we give our listeners a hint about our final guest? Uh, I think so. He may not be allowed to love, but we certainly love him. <laughs> mm-hmm. They say he's a mutation of a mutation. Ah! I'm so excited. There's so many changes made to this role, and unlike the character in this version, I'm dying to hear all about it. As always, I'm Chris. And I'm Jocelyn. Together we are Breaking, Breaking the, the curtain. curtain. Stay safe, stay stagey. And batty. And uh, we'll see you next time. Take care. Bye!